You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to Episode 88, Theology and Youth Discipleship. Whether you're talking about the core tenets of our faith, like the Trinity, the divinity of Jesus, the resurrection, inspired scripture, or more specific things like Christology, pneumatology, eschatology, ecclesiology, having good theology in youth discipleship is a must. Um, It opens the doors for more complex, nuanced, abstract topics that allows students to dive deeper into the foundations of their faith, learn to ask better questions, and not settle for easy answers, which is what we're all about here at Youth Ministry Maverick. And to help me talk about that topic today is Mike McGarry. Uh, Mike has written several books and has done a lot of projects. His newest venture is called Youth Pastor Theologian. We'll talk about that a little bit, his newest book on apologetics that's coming out soon, and he helps me talk about the importance of mixing in good theology with our youth discipleship in various ways to do that. So, let's hop into this conversation with Mike. Well, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, man. Uh, I'm sure several people watching and listening have either read your books or heard your podcast. Uh, But but for those who haven't, could you give us a little intro into you and what you do for youth ministry? Yeah. um, So I'm a youth pastor up in Massachusetts. So I've been a youth pastor for 18 years. And I'm currently transitioning uh, over the rest of this school year and the summer into leading a ministry that I started full time. So it's called Youth Pastor Theologian. And it's a, a ministry organization um, that you can find online everywhere. Just Google Youth Pastor Theologian and come right up. And what we do is we help youth workers think biblically about what youth ministry is. And we train them to teach theologically with confidence. Um, and so I know some of that's going to come out in our conversation today. I've also had a chance to write a few books and I wrote Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry a couple of years ago. And lead them to Jesus, a handbook for youth workers. Um, I wrote that a couple of years ago, and new book coming out this summer is called "Discover: Questioning Your Way to Faith," and that's a theology and apologetics book for teenagers. And so, it's addressing twenty of the big questions that teenagers ask with short blog post length um, responses with discussion questions and everything. So, I'm excited for that coming up. Very cool. Yeah, I'll have to talk more about that and help you plug that. That sounds awesome. Uh, so for this episode, we're talking about the importance of integrating good theology into youth discipleship. Uh, I know in children's ministry, we emphasize narrative and characters and story for yeah. their developmental needs. And that's not void in youth ministry, but their developmental move from concrete to abstract gives us a good... Um, landing platform to begin to build the understanding of mm-hmm. good theology and what makes Christianity distinct. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, what are some of the important things to keep in mind when we're bringing theology into discipleship with our students? Yeah, that's a good question. 
Um, I, I think one of one of the key things to keep in mind is just what is the goal of youth ministry? Like, what are we actually trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the common misunderstandings that that I've seen and and heard for years is that our goal is to make teenage disciples, and that's frankly that's not our goal. It sounds like a great goal, but our goal is not to make teenage disciples. Our goal is to make adult disciples, right? Mm. We want to make adult disciples whose faith took root during their teen years. Um, And so I I really am a big advocate of youth workers um, focusing on the long-term and leading and building their ministries in a way that sets students up for sustained faith. Um, And that's not just like a cute saying or like a slogan, yeah. uh, but how are we really helping students to fall in love with the church? How are we helping students really understand what does it mean to be a Christian, right? Like what, what is a Christian? The, um, the Barna, uh, the Barna study, the open generation, mm-hmm. uh, they came out not too long ago. Um, if you just, just a basic look at those statistics, um, over 50% of teenagers still identify as Christians, but only half of those self-professed Christians even believe in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, so right off the bat, there's a problem, right? Yeah. And, and so the, the, more, the more you ask questions for students about like, what do you believe? The more you just realize like these kids have no idea what they believe um and so how do we help them how do we help them know like what does it mean to be a christian and just walking through things like the apostles creed and the lord's prayer and the ten commandments like basic catechesis type of of things um to help students build and form a biblical faith and a biblical worldview yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that study and those stats reminds me of the state of theology uh, yeah. study that yep. came out um, with Lifeway and Legionnaire, and um, yeah, I mean, with all the adults as well. I forgot the sample size, how low it went, maybe eighteen or twenty-one, but um, yeah, like that's like a huge amount of them talking about like God can still learn things, and mm-hmm. yeah, all these just head scratching. Yeah. Uh- stats of like how how are mm-hmm. evangelical churches teaching and doing what they're doing and this many professing christians uh like either don't know what they believe or yes this is totally true and it's like no that's totally false and um and how and so we're talking about discipleship right the idea of discipleship is if those adults are discipling students are trying mm-hmm. to yeah then their misperceptions about the christian faith are being passed on as well and so it's almost like um a uh, kind of between a rock and a hard place or like an extra scoop on top of what youth discipleship needs to be because it's almost like we need to bring in their parents and other yeah. people who are teaching and influencing them to make sure yep. they know right theology if we're trying to teach their kids right theology. Yeah, totally. And so interesting story is that, I mean, that's the reason why Martin Luther wrote Luther's catechism 
And um, I mean, because the printing press was available now, he could he could write the catechism in a question and answer format and mass produce it and give it out to parents because he was just floored that the priests even had terrible theology. Parents, of course, they had terrible theology. So how are parents supposed to catechize and train up their kids Mm -hmm. when their priests are even ill-informed about what the Bible teaches? Um, And so one of the reasons why the Reformation even happened is because Martin Luther wrote the catechisms uh, so that parents who hadn't been catechized, parents who don't understand theology, so they could learn the doctrine alongside their kids. And so I think this just speaks to the um, the blessing of having a good library in your church and having yeah. good resources for parents mm-hmm. um, so that you're not telling them to do something without equipping them to do it and giving them good tools and resources to be able to have meaningful conversations. But um, we're really resourcing and equipping them so that even if they feel unprepared, uh, that they have something reliable to be able to use themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So much of that goes into the philosophy of youth ministry, and it's imperative to have the support and good grounding of the church's mission and vision and their theology and how that's being taught, like with the adults, especially if you want to marry what's going on uh, on Sunday morning in the sanctuary and then with youth programming, if that happens at the same time in the service and then they get additional stuff Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever you meet. Those things need to be together on, on the same page. And it can't be yeah. one is stronger, better than the other. It just needs to be more developmentally appropriate. But you need that that strong basis for that. Um, mm-hmm. And that and that leads me into uh, our next question, which probably a lot of people who, if they're asking these questions, this is probably a big one that they want to uh, figure out. So um, an approach to teaching theology that I've championed for most of my time in youth ministry mm-hmm catechesis you mentioned that's the one that i've yeah. uh kind of latched on to but more of a comprehensive one that spread out in developmental milestones so starting in children's ministry going all the way through youth and sort of building up yeah <coughs> excuse me um so like for example when they're five years old what do they understand about who god is god created me and god loves me when they're 18 God, who's one in three persons existing eternally, et cetera, et cetera, right? So about who God is, about what the church is supposed to be, about what scripture is, all those things building on one another. But I know based on the denomination, on the group of students you have, on if it's urban or rural or whatever else, there are all these different factors to bring in, especially if you've been more theologically light and more just Bible story narrative driven. Um, and so, Mike, where have you seen success with various approaches to theological mm-hmm. discipleship and students? Yeah, um, I think you need to be realistic about where you're coming from, right? And I think the way that you framed the question is really helpful in understanding the culture of your ministry and mm-hmm. the culture of your own church, um, and then you you move forward accordingly right um so in in my church i mean i just have normal kids in my in my youth group they're not like super geniuses they're not coming into youth group with you know 
big gigantic study bibles under their arms th- saying ooh what biblical text are we going to exegete today like they're <laughs> like they're just they're just normal middle schoolers and high schoolers um and right now we're going through a series on the apostles creed and i honestly I mean i know I, i'm like the youth pastor theologian guy right and i was not super confident going into the series like Okay, how much am I going to have to persuade them that this is worth it? Mm. And they have totally been in. Um, now, that, that's not to say every message has been like the best message in the history of youth ministry, but it's been a really meaningful conversation season uh, for our students to really think about things like uh, the Trinity, right? It, it, the Trinity is who God is. Kind of important, isn't it? When was the last time we we allowed students and gave students and prompted students to talk about the Trinity together? And how do we make sense of that? And what questions do you have? And not just to wrap everything up in a tidy, neat little bow, especially on that uh, topic. Mm-hmm. But like, how do we talk about the Trinity and the person of Christ, uh, that Jesus is fully God and fully human? If the only thing that we really say about the person of who Jesus is and what Jesus is, is at Christmas time we say, oh, like, you know, Jesus is the God man or, or he's, you know, God in flesh. And we never really invite students to actually think about that for a second, mm-hmm. to really like chew on it. Um, then why should we be surprised when? their faith is knocked over pretty quickly by people throwing stones and by people asking hard questions, right? Like they, we haven't asked them hard questions. So when they do get asked hard questions, they don't know how to respond. So let's, let's give students a faith that's, um, that's big enough for them to grow into instead of just a kid sized faith that they're going to outgrow pretty quickly during the teen years. So we want, we need to meet students where they're at. You know, we don't just want to talk over their heads. Um, But I think if we start having more theologically engaging conversations and leave room for genuine conversation in the process, I think youth workers would be really surprised uh, how much students would really choose in on that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you think taking into consideration the context and culture of your ministry, I think theological discussions should probably start large group and in person, not with a handout or a resource or devotional. But um, when do you feel like, uh, like with the Apostles Creed is a great, is a great idea. And um, it's a great example of it's, simple and broken down and you can clearly pick apart without having to stop mm-hmm. and get held up by okay i don't know what this word means some of that is in there but not all of that and so um or the lord's prayer um and so do you think there needs to be a good establishment of a theological concept or talking theology before you kind of give that to students to work on on their own or do you think it needs to be like be limited for a little bit with a group and then you let them kind of do some diving on their own and then come come back. Because I'm thinking through some 
youth leaders I've talked to who are like are afraid, just kind of like you said, like we're going to talk about this and I don't know if they're going to even want to or how much they're going to get. I don't want it to be a seminary lecture or anything like that. Um, when do you, where's that balance of like, talk about it and then go work that out um, for someone who's yeah. introducing it? Yeah, no, that's, and that's totally fair. Um, I guess my, I don't know. Um, I guess my response would be if you aren't convinced that it's important, then don't expect them to think it is. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like if you're, if you're walking on your heels um, and if you're leading from your heels, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, Don't expect people to be all like, dude, like I'm in, I'm following. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you're on your heels. You're not super confident. You're not persuaded. Um, so if what you need to do to be able to, to lead from your toes and to, to really like move, if what you need is to have like a one-off message or a two or three week mini series on something, then just do that. That's okay. You need to start with like the whole apostles creed or like, you know we're going to go through Romans this year. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we can, we can hear good ideas and we can hear biblical ideas and be so persuaded. Like, you know what? That's the best way. I haven't been doing it right. I want to do what I want to, to, you know, make better decisions and I want, well, that's not biblical. And so this is biblical. So let's just go. And in your passion and in your zeal, it's just too much. Yeah. It's no. just too much. Yeah. I totally get and it. And so it's like, just start. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. need to start full throttle. Just start. Yeah. Take, um, take but a first be, step and have it be a stable forward yes. step. Yes. And you need to have your heart in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I love that the next thing you're working on that's coming out um, is based in apologetics. And um, I think, uh, you probably agree um, or curious to what you would see as far as conversations with youth workers or last few years. It seems like apologetics has really kind of had a, uh, a new surge in momentum. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, the foundations of being able to stand firm as well as ask honest questions and be open with doubt, you know, I think are both critical things to have a well-rounded yeah. young believer. Uh, so Mike, how have you seen apologetics revitalize or reshape how youth workers or students themselves approach Mm -hmm. theology? Yeah, I think that, um, so it's kind of funny. So this book discover, um, I wrote it as a theology book Mm -hmm. and then the publisher started promoting it as a theology book and an apologetics book. And I was like, yeah, I guess it is. And then, other friends started, um, you know, they read early copies and they're like, oh, yeah, I really like your apologetics book. And so it's just interesting because theology and apologetics really are just two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think there's a big difference between teaching theology and teaching theologically. Mm. And th- the same way, um, I think for for people you know my my age in their 40s and older 
when we think about apologetics, we think about like evidence that demands a verdict and the case for Christ. And, you know, how do I, how do I win this debate and win right. this conversation? Right. Right. But it's really, that is a form of apologetics, but I think we need to think apologetically and theologically that just takes a different posture to say, okay, so why, right? Why do I believe what mm-hmm. I believe and what difference does it really make? Yeah. Does this actually hold up? And whether you consider that a theological conversation or an ap- or an apologetics conversation, it's really the same. It's really the same conversation. If you're thinking about the the Venn diagrams, you know that would be the overlap between the two, and that's that's a lot of the space where where I live. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really encouraged by the way that youth workers are uh, leaning into those theological and apologetic type of conversations and looking for those resources. So I'm optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I think the questions you ask of why are appropriate because that's what Gen- Generation Z is is, ax- is asking for. Uh, yeah, you know they're they they don't so much they're not so much enamored with evidence of this or that because the outcome of those questions for them, even if they want to argue about it, doesn't so much matter. They're asking why does it matter? Why yeah. does it matter that Jesus raised from the dead? Why would it? Yeah. Why does it matter that Scripture is inspired? because this and this and this and this. And so they, they want to see it lived out. And, you know, especially in American evangelical world, starting in 2016, uh, in popular culture, um, the word was hypocrisy, because you just see a lot of polarization, a lot of defense over, well, this was said back when so-and-so was president, but now that this person's up, it doesn't matter anymore, and shifting. And yeah, I love what you said, the difference of theology and theologically, because if you read scripture theologically, starting back in the Old Testament, you see Jesus, right? But if you're talking about theology, then you're talking about Christology and pneumatology and certain certain things. And same with apologetics, like being able to pull apart, okay, what are those points of evidence? And then, you know, as Alistair McGrath's book, uh, Narrative Apologetics, why does your story matter and how is God writing your story into the meta narrative of history and what he's doing mm-hmm. and how he's moving? So yeah. you have to hold those two things together, but make sure you hold them still separately so you yeah. can distinguish yeah. uh, between them. And I think for a teenager to be able to have that Venn diagram understanding of like, okay, I see that, I see that because they hear a term and still, even though they're thinking abstract, they're still with terms, I think, thinking concrete. This term means this one thing, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you have to help them see, like, yes, nuance can be frustrating, but we have, we we follow the God who created creativity. Like, and so yeah. you have to realize that, like, whenever you find an answer, there's going to be better questions that you learn to ask. Yeah. And that's why faith is what matters most, not knowledge. Yeah. Um, and you have to lean in on that. Yeah. Well, and if youth workers don't know how to live theologically, then how can we help our students? <laughs> exactly. Right? So like, if we don't understand this stuff, um, then we can't help them. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm trying to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Love it. Well, Mike, thank you, man. This has been a lot of fun. Um, I hope people 
watching and listening have gotten some some good ideas. I love the distinction part. I think that's a great point. Um, tell us a little bit more about the book and when it drops. Yeah, so Discover, Questioning Your Way to Faith uh, comes out in July from New Growth Press. Okay. And um, yeah, it's got discussion, discussion questions at the end of each uh, short chapter. Chapter's only like four pages long. So you can read them in your small group. You can awesome. read them in a mentoring one-on-one with students or give them, give the book to parents uh, to read with their kids if you're looking for family discipleship type of resources. Cool. And um, yeah, the the questions are there for just discussion and to review and um, just trying to make that resource user-friendly for one-on-ones and in small groups. Very cool. Love it. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, I'll be praying for YPT um, yeah. and everything going on there. Uh, thanks again for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Mike for joining me. You can find the link to his website in the show notes. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And be sure to check out our website, youthministrymaverick.com. There, you can see a comprehensive list of our guests, their bio information, some organizations that can help you in your ministry, some articles I've published, and a store to help support the podcast. Also, we would love if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, not just a rating, but a review. It helps our visibility, and we would really appreciate that. If you do leave us a review, take a screenshot of it and send it to me, and I will personally mail you a thank you card with some podcast swag that you can't get on the store. Well, that does it for today. Thanks again for listening. Please share this if it helps others that you know, and we hope that you've been encouraged by it. Until next time, adios. Adios.